Welcome to Animal Talk, where the pets drop the mic podcast. I'm your host and translator, Kathy Malkin, the Animal Muse. As an animal muse, I give animals a voice so that they can share their unique stories and viewpoints. During each episode of Animal Talk, I will interview different animals, including pets, so you can hear what's on their minds and better understand what they are thinking and feeling. So sit on back, invite your pet to join you as we explore the musings of the animals. Welcome. I am so excited to have my guest today, Penny and her person, Migs. And Penny and Migs have a long history together, correct? Yes. Uh, I adopted her about nine years ago from um, Save Our Strays in Westport. And uh, they had told me that they thought she might be about a year old. They had an arrangement with a church in Brooklyn where people would leave their strays at the church doorstep and uh, or in the church. And then they would distribute them to local shelters in Westport and was on the list of one of theirs. So I guess every week they'd get a carload of cats or a few cats. Anyway, so Penny had been at the shelter. Apparently, I was told for about a year when I got her. And then uh, so my guess is she's like nine years old. Um, but I think it would be easier to adopt a human than it was to adopt any, all the paperwork and the referrals and it was well worth it. But I was so, I was glad on one hand, but they, they need references. They want to talk. Have you ever had a pet? Can we talk to your vet? We'll make sure you've never abused an animal. What kind of illnesses your previous animals had? You know, I mean, they're very thorough. It's good. Well, they are. I think part of that is they don't want the animals returned, but I agree with you. There has to be a balance. But Penny is saying she's very grateful that you didn't give up on the process because she knew she was your cat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they brought me into this, I mean, they call it, it's their word, the cat house. It's this this residential home in the back behind the, the vet, vets, uh, Dr. Is it Dr. Poster, maybe? Animal Hospital? Yeah, yeah, I know the cat house. I live right near it. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, it's an empty house, formerly a residence, I guess. And yes. there's just one big sofa. When I was there, one big sofa in the, in the main. Yeah. And, and there was like 20 cats running around. And anytime someone walks in the door, they all come downstairs and they come running in from who knows where. And they're all, it's kind of like an audition, you know, some are playing hard to get, some are coming right up and rubbing on your leg. And I don't know what there was about Penny. It was probably her coloring. I mean, I'm visual. I, I, I've had a calico before. And um, yeah, it was just her interesting coloring. And, um, and they call her name was Penrose. Pen, penny because she had copper color like a penny. Mm-hmm. But they called her Penrose. Interesting. Well, she said that I would call it more of an interview or mm-hmm. an audition. And she said you passed the test 
but she was really looking for someone like you that she could basically claim as her own and feel like she could be the head of the household. Well, she's definitely done that. Yeah, she's she's claimed the house and the uh... <laughs> and the human in it. <laughs> human in it. She played. She was playing a little hard to get at the beginning. I guess she'd been in that house for a year, and when I brought her home, you know, and I set up the litter thing and I had a food dish, and I probably went upstairs to do something, came back down, and she it vanished. You know, and I'm looking all over. And I figure, okay, she'll she'll come out. She'll use the food. She'll use the litter box. Nothing for like two days. Then I'm thinking she couldn't have escaped. I totally cat-proof the house because I know all the ins and outs. And I was crawling on my hands and knees. And after three days, I think I called the called them back and said, "Penny's vanished." <laughs> she said, "I can come over." This is Dr. Poster. I think she said, "I'm a and I'm a cat whisperer. I can come over and I'll find her, but give it another day." You know, so I'm on my hands and knees, literally on my belly, thinking I'm I'm taking Penny's vantage point where she could hide, and I'm on my belly, uh, crawling around on the living room floor, and I look up, and she's sitting on a chair, looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> Well, it's of my belief that cats have something called what I call a cloaking device mm -hmm. where they literally can shape shift and move yeah. their energy so that they're literally in front of you and you don't see them. I mean, I sort of think of the uh, Cheshire cat in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Disappear. I, I believe they can do that. Um, I think it's part of their survival. But she said she was going through integration during that time and just could not believe that she wasn't in the other house. Yeah. That house. And, and, and of course, once, yeah, and once she got comfortable or, you know, across that threshold of acceptance or whatever, yeah, then, then, then it was checking out every room and she had all her special places to it, it took a while for me to find all her sleeping haunts you know she'd curl up in a box she'd curl up under a thing now she after after about a year she chose uh my bed so she sleeps on my bed well sure it's she says it's the best place in the house yeah and That's it's her bed it. Yeah, it's her bed. I sleep in her bed. Yeah, that's you right. do sleep in her bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says she's also an inspiration to you. Um, for our listeners, Migs is an artist, and she feels that she's very much a part of your inspiration in helping you do your work. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And I didn't maybe appreciate it right away, but, you know, an artist, I think any artist, performer, musician doesn't, you know, has to have uh, some sort of inner sanctum, you know, in their minds where they can focus and do their work and, and have maybe a sense of peace to, to, to create. And, you know, just looking at Penny, I mean, and, and realizing, you know, maybe intellectually they're, well, I shouldn't. I don't want to say that. They're 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 way beyond us in terms of acceptance and and serenity. I mean, look at her now. I mean, you know, she's not. You know, she's not fretting over anything. She's not. She's not wringing her paws about what's going to happen next. Or, 
and it's I every once in a while I yeah I take solace you know I just try to appreciate her like where she is now every night this is unusual because usually I only sit here at at night to watch an hour of tv or something and, and this is what she does but um she didn't want to miss a chance I guess to no to, to you know to bond here but uh yeah so I look at her and I just marvel you know at her peace and serenity and uh her acceptance of of her life of what comes you know she's not running around frantic she's not uh i mean they run around maybe you could answer that why do you why not i'm sure there's it's just guesswork but you know cats have this either after they eat or use the litter box they get like energized and they start running around and bouncing off the walls for a minute or two i don't know they feel lighter yeah they feel lighter the dog, my, my dogs do that afterwards. There's a, yeah, my business is done and I'm going to express my joy. Yeah. And yeah, my so happiness. She, yeah, so, so that's why they do it. Okay. Well, yeah. And it's also an example. They're, they're, they're in touch, you know, with their bodies. I mean, they're totally, it's all one package, you know, mind, body, spirit. I mean, they're, they're all wrapped in one and, um, you know, we struggle, humans tend to struggle with integrating all that, but. Well, we tend to, it's my belief that we are all born in the same kind of acceptance and understanding as Penny and all animals because we're animals. But then mm. as we are, uh, we grow and we are told to use words versus whatever, we get socialized out of our intuition and that part of us i think that is very much connected to the creativity of the universe if you will and animals don't forget or don't get socialized out of it they stay there yeah yeah i know some quote picasso's well this paraphrasing because i don't remember it exactly but it was something about the you know as a as a the challenge to an artist when they're when they're an adult is to is to paint like a child you know so i mean it's to go back but we, we're too yeah we learned we learned too much we try to you know intellectualize everything and we yeah we kind of lose that intuition you know that, that animals have well we we forget it i don't think we ever really yeah. lose it but i do think that we are told to for example, I had the pleasure of working with a couple of professors uh, from Harvard and Columbia. They're both scientists, and they're very much on fact, quote, fact-based and observable. And I said, I'm into other ways of knowing. And mm -hmm. when I worked with them and, uh, and did a little class with them, it was really fun to see them suspend that everything is separate and become really connected not only with each other but everybody else who was in the class in the room especially my dog yogi bear mm. so we're taught that we're all, things are separate animals are separate but what the animals are calling us back to and i think this is something that artists do is to help us remember the creative source and that we all are interconnected and interrelated and where it comes from, I feel, is our heart. 
Now, our head helps to balance, but it comes from the heart. And who better to open our hearts than someone like Penny? Yeah. Yeah, they have the advantage of... Because uh, I, I did this little talk once about how uh, I, I started, you know, saying, you know, I introduced myself and I, I did it by... I didn't tell them who I was. I just put a label. I put one of those, hello, how are you? You know, hello, my name is labels. But one label said boy, man. Other labels said artist. Other labels said six foot tall. Other labels said 180 pounds. Other labels said uh, no, no religious affiliation. Other labels. I said, we're just a sum of our labels that society puts on us or we're taught from birth. And animals aren't burdened with that. So yeah, they don't, you're right. They don't distinguish. We're just all one part of the And what landscape. they do distinguish is energy. Yeah. Right? We're all made up of energy. You can call it chi, ki, reiki, mm. but they don't forget that. And so what they really reflect back to us is where our energy is at. For example, right now, Penny is very much part of our discussion. And even though it looks like she's resting or sleeping, this is an animal who is very calm and peaceful. And that's something that oh, I think the animals would really appreciate if more humans got to that calm, peaceful, balanced place because things, as you well know, are very much out of balance. I was just writing about the pandemic and when it started, we're coming up to the two year anniversary and how the animals, especially our companion animals, really have come out and supported us through these very uncertain times. And I don't think there's a coincidence that so many animals came into people's homes to help balance us and, and give us unconditional love in the same way. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely uh, a very um, balancing, I guess is the right word, balancing um, influence, yeah, to, to just, you know, come home from, you know, from wherever and be all tense about the situation and I hope I didn't catch anything and I hope I was careful and I hope it didn't, and, you know, and she's just here licking her paws and being cool, you know, chilling. <laughs> so in this moment, this is what's happening. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, I find it interesting when people rescue animals, not that rescuing animals is interesting, but how much people hold on to the, the animal's story. Mm. And while we, they may have had a rough beginning before meeting their forever home, if you will, they're no longer a rescue. They become your cat. For example, once Penny got comfortable in the house and left the cat house behind, she was no longer a cat who lived in a cat house with 21 other cats or whatever. She's your cat. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it's Because here, in I... this moment, that's all that really matters. To her, all that really matters is you're doing exactly what she wants you to do, which is sitting still so that she can sit and share energy with you in love. Yeah, and it's I'm amazed at how uh, perceptive, adaptive they are to 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 habits. You know, I mean, she knows 
my routine in the morning. I mean, if, if I don't get up by six, she starts meowing in my ear at six ten. I mean, it's amazing. To, you know, it's clockwork. And then she she knows I'm going into the bathroom first. So she runs ahead and goes into the bathroom and jumps up on the sink because she knows I'm going to be up there brushing my teeth. And um, and then she knows when I'm finished and she heads downstairs because that's where I'm going next. And she waits to be fed. You know, I just love the, the fact that they're tuned into that. But um, of course, that turned out to be upsetting when I mentioned, you know, when I went away and all those routines vanished for a couple of days and uh, was very disruptive to her. Well, it was. And a lot of times what happens, and I know we've discussed this before, Biggs, is when we walk out the door from our animals, in our minds, we're separate. We disconnect. Mm -hmm. And our animals are like, well, I'm still connected. Where did you go? And so even if we travel, you know, down to the store or halfway around the world, we're, we're always connected with them. And so it helps to carry that belief that you're connected and then feel that connection, have penny moments or whatever. But in your situation, it was pretty traumatic because she got sick after you, you know, because of your vacation. And she just said that she couldn't imagine life without you. But you don't have to, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I found it, it was fascinating. I mean, I, one pet, I mean, one vet um, at the emergency clinic just laughed, laughed it off and said, Are you kidding? Whoever, cats whoever feeds them is a cat's best friend you know they, 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 it's and then my real vet at Schulhoff, you know my Renault regular vet who couldn't see me in the emergency basis so that's ridiculous he said of course she missed you you know i mean it's, it's and uh, yeah she was near death i mean she couldn't she couldn't support her own weight i came home and she and i had someone taking care of her i mean coming visiting a couple of times a day feeding her petting her it was a young a, a staple student it was very conscientious and did a great job and sent me pictures, you know, but then towards the end, before I got home, it was only a four day thing. She said, a oh, penny's kind of lethargic. I don't know. She's not eating. And, and then, so I know she was being looked after. And then when I came home, um, she was sleeping on my bed and uh, she couldn't even raise her head or wouldn't raise her head. Maybe she's being a drama queen. I don't know. Well, she's a little bit of a drama queen, but you know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in terms of, she just made herself sick on a level because mm. it freaked her out that you left. And what I find interesting is you've left her before without this kind of result. Not for that, never for that long, I don't think. I mean, I've left her, you know, sometimes that means times where I've had to go to New York, very rarely, but I'll go on for the day. So I'll feed her in the morning and I'll come back. I might get back at six at night. So I'm not in and out, out of the house. And I don't know, maybe she's starting to feel something and then I come in the door and it's all fine again. But after four days, I guess it just... Well, her routine, her. you said it best. Her routine was not a routine and she was with somebody that, while well, she said she was sweet, it was not you. Yeah. It's Listen, her world is all about you, but getting to know you i know your world is all about her as well oh yeah no i mean i 
Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it would work the same way. If she disappeared for four days, which she did when I first got her, but I wasn't as attached then. But yeah, if I came home and she decided to hide for four days, I'd be crazy, you know. Sure. My little Siamese Elvis, whom you met, he disappeared for 12 days. Oh, my. Really? It was. I've had a lot of loss in my life, but losing Elvis and not knowing where he was was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. Upsetting. I looked everywhere after like the 10th or 11th day in my heart. I just kind of gave it over mm. to the higher powers and said, if you're meant to be. And on that 12th morning or 11th morning, I walked out the door with my dog and there was Elvis crooning and doing his thing like I had hoped. My senses, and I don't know this for sure, he was locked in a garage. This was back oh. in... Uh, the San Francisco Bay Area and many houses there, we don't have basements because the move, the earth is still very active and moving. So my neighbors had a garage full of junk, if you will. I think he slipped out. The garage door was open, which it really is. He slipped mm -hmm. into their garage and they didn't open the garage door for 12 days. The fact oh. that my 15 year old cat survived that, I, I really, believe in cats have many lives the 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 myth of the nine lives are true I mean, elvis has defied odds but yeah he came back and it was the best day of my life mm. but oh my god it was not knowing was so hard and it wasn't like i didn't feel him or communicate with him but with missing animals because everybody's upset sometimes i don't have the same clarity nor does any animal communicator um, when they go missing. That's a really hard one. But when he came home, oh, my God, I felt so lucky. But So I know what you mean if she disappeared. But she's not going anywhere. But you're not supposed to go missing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and she can't uh, call, call 911 if I go missing. No, I guess, but what I'm letting her know is that if you do go away, we'll have a chat with her. We'll get her prepared. We'll give you some exercises to help you feel connected with her um, next time you take a trip. But I know it's it's got to be scary to leave her, at the, you know, after what you went through, because it was traumatic for you, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, I left with confidence because I know she was in good hands and she was. So uh, I don't think yeah. it was about that. It wasn't no, that right. you didn't have good care. And of course, you're yeah. a you're a good daddy, but she couldn't handle not knowing where you were. So exactly. Yeah. And, and I'd never. Yeah, I couldn't know that the effects would be so dramatic. And, you know, they were she was tested, you know, all the blood, kidney everything came back negative negative there's nothing wrong with your cat basically is what they said there's nothing medically wrong with your cat <laughs> you know, so. no and i it was more of an emotional yeah. spiritual kind of thing her heart she said she thought you were gone for good so something that you probably do do but just to remind you just be and this is for all my listeners tell your animals where you're going <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing and then if you do go 
you can imagine a gold thread or cord of light between your heart and your animal's heart and just send them love and feel connected. This is Yogi Bear for those uh, who are watching. He's so you're saying me. literally just say it in words. Say, Penny, I'm I'm going to be gone for the day. I'm going to New York. I'm going to, I mean, just say it like you're talking to anybody. It. You can yeah. do it in your mind, but yeah. just say it. I mean, she's a bright, intelligent being and she understands what you're saying. I'm going, I'll be back around seven. Um, the high school girl's going to come in and give you some dinner, but I promise I'll be home for, yeah. you know, after the show or whatever it is. Even if you're running down the street to the grocery store, hey, I'm going to do some errands. I'll be back in an hour. And that helps them because they, and it really helps us because we stay our, we keep our connection. And they do. I mean, for us, it's so arrogant and uh, I think kind of stupid, if I can say that, of us humans to devalue animals just because they don't think like us or they don't have opposable thumbs or maybe <laughs> they, we bring them into our homes and make them dependent on us. It's just not fair to the animals. They, they're so aware of everything that goes on around them mainly because it's about survival. I'm curious what, you know, from the moment we started this podcast, she's done nothing but groom herself. And usually, you know, I've seen her, you know, all cats do it, but you know, it's usually a two or five minute little routine, you know, doing the nails, doing the feet, do I mean, she's been, I mean, is she just vain and <laughs> she just wants to be presentable? Well, this is, she says you, you get most of the attention. And now <laughs> she is just, lapping up if you will being the star of the show because yeah, she I mean, feels that she <laughs> rightly or not she feels like she runs the show and she she helps you in in partnership with what you do so she says she's grateful that she has the opportunity for people to understand that you don't that you have a partner in life yeah, it's just funny that I mean, I'm just getting a kick out of it. I realized that she's just endlessly grooming and bathing or whatever. She's very vain. She's yeah. just being her beautiful, beautiful self. Look at me. I'm her perfect. Best forward. Yeah. I mean, she's just absolutely stunning. <laughs> and she knows it. And it, it, animals really appreciate when we take the time to listen to them and expand our minds by hearing their perspectives. Right, Yogi? Yeah. It, it's so like this, we put these blinders up as humans saying, you know, if it can't be seen, it can't be measured, it doesn't exist. Right. Or if you don't, you know, know how to fill out bubbles on a test correctly, you're not intelligent. I mean, we're just so silly. Whereas I think animals are so intelligent and wise, like Penny. But Penny's very aware that she's, that we're all focused on her. And she get, actually yeah. is very much appreciative. 
I'm just feeling, you know, I'm feeling inadequate because I, I take a shower the last 10 minutes. Penny's been bathing for half an hour now. You feel inadequate? Why? Inadequate. We're taking short showers and Benny's <laughs> been bathing for 30 minutes. I take a 10 minute shower. Well, you bathe differently. She bathes with her tongue. It takes a little longer than going under the shower. However, <laughs> she's saying, I don't want to take a shower with you. Yeah, she's happy to shower you with her love. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, and it's interesting. My my cat Mona, who reminds me a little bit of your Penny, she's lying here next to us, grooming and preening too. Hmm. Oh, she yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just the uh, comfort level. You know, this is probably besides at nighttime, I never spend this much time with her in one place. I mean, I'm in the house, I pet her well, in the kitchen. It's that energy that you create when you're able to come and be fully present with her. I mean, mm -hmm. it's hard. For, I mean, during the day, I've got things going on. I, If Mona had her way, I'd just sit and have her sit in my lap all day. Sure. I mean, there's some days I'd like to do that, but it's not very, I don't get anything done. And <laughs> right. But it makes her happy. I mean, at night, she's very clear to get into bed and get set up so that she can come lie on me all night. It's what they do. These, yeah. these girled, and I don't know if she's a calico. I might call Penny a tortoise shell. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's true. The calicos have more, don't they have bolder, more well-defined color areas? I don't i don't know but she just looks more tortoiseshell than she yeah. does yeah yeah that's probably it I, yeah i'm not sure I and tortoises are tough they're some of the toughest of all i don't know if it's because they have all the colors in them of the kitties oh. mm. and that may be why you were attracted to her because of your artistic sense and probably love of color there she is she's a very colorful little girl yeah, I love her markings. I mean, it's oh, she's gorgeous. gorgeous. And by the way, she says you can never tell her enough how beautiful she is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just replay this. Uh, when we when I first turned, when we first logged on before we were recording. I mean, she was staring at. She was fascinated with staring at the screen, and yet sometimes I, you know. It's animals and mirrors are always fascinating me because some some animals recognize themselves, and I wonder how could you not see yourself in a mirror? But they the just only way that she cannot is if our minds tell us so. Yeah, yeah our minds yeah. will prevent it. This one um, over here, Yogi, he loves to stare at himself in the mirror. Oh, yeah? I think he's part <laughs> of. He's a little bit of a ham, but yes, they very much respond to us when we can take a few minutes out of our day and stay with them. You're being very needy. My dog is being very needy. Yeah, yeah that's, well, that's the other thing. You're paying attention. I mean, so, I... Go ahead. No, that's... Oh, they, well, I had one first, you know, all the times... Uh, the nine years she's been with me. So this morning I get up and she's, you know, nudging me and she sneezed in my face, which has never happened before. It was just like, I mean, luckily my mouth was closed. I mean, who knows what they're 
sharing, but uh, well, at this point, you guys pretty much share a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I'd never had a cat sneeze in my face before. But that was funny, just... Mona sneezed in my face last night too. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's such a delicate, dainty little. You know, it's just a little. Well, you know, she feels good that she can share that stuff with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, Penny wanted to share a message with our listeners, or my listeners, our listeners, and she just wanted to really encourage people to take a few moments, just as we were talking about, to just quietly sit and be with your animal. I know we all have thoughts and we're racing and it, it can be hard. I was talking to a couple of cat sisters out in the San Francisco Bay Area that were wound up like a top. And it turns out that both their humans, their parents work from home and have high pressure jobs. And something that really resonated and the cats wanted were their people to stop and just sit and breathe and be with them much like you've been doing with penny throughout the pet cast i love that you call it a pet cast <laughs> no it's true it's a great they're great models for just uh i mean obviously we have work and obligations we can't curl up on a sofa all day ourselves without, you know, without losing our jobs or our income or something, but or starving to death. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good model of just chilling and, and learning to uh, yeah, be in the moment and uh, appreciate, appreciate what, where you are. Well, and I think that that's part of why they come into our lives, a big part. Hmm why they come into our lives and it took the pandemic in many ways to help bring people to that awareness that animals not only give us unconditional love and judgment but they ground us and keep us present and in the moment which is really all we have anyway everything else is a construct of the mind right yeah oh exactly yeah so but she said she's just thrilled that she could share her beauty and her energy with, with everyone because it's important that people recognize who animals really are because ultimately it reflects who we are. Right, pretty girl? Look at you. <laughs> Look at you, you beautiful thing. Well, great. Is there anything else you'd like me to ask Penny before we go, Biggs? Um, I can't think of anything. I mean, it was always just cat behavior was so fascinating. Um, well, the purring thing, is anybody, no, every time I've read about purring, it seems nobody seems it doesn't seem to be a decisive uh you know description of uh, is it is it a pleasurable response a pleasure response is it a it, i mean it's individual from what i understand from asking different cats over the years mm -hmm. it's it it is it's also healing but where it brings them back it always goes back to um suckling 
Oh. and, and, and the patty cakes right or the kneading Oh, yeah. it's all Right. about that warm beautiful feeling of when they had no eyes or ears but they had their nose and they had their they were able to suckle from their mother in that warm deliciously safe place Oh, so that's what that pushing, that, that push, that thing they they do. went back <laughs> into that place yeah, yeah. That's, of oh, okay. when they were born. Now, my two cats, Mona and Elvis, are both what we call bottle babies, meaning they lost their mom and needed Oh. people to feed them from a bottle. Mona lost her mom at a day, Elvis three weeks. But for a while, it, Mona had a really hard time until I got her a suckling blanket Well, and she suckled the blanket and started to knead and it really released a lot of uh, trauma for her for not having a mom. Wow. And did So, they purr until they purr when they're suckling? I mean, that's kind yeah, of a yeah. part of the response. I mean, that's their, I mean, when you think that's in their mind, that's sort of the ultimate. So when they're close to us and they're starting to do the little kneading and they start purring, But cats will purr to help heal. Cats will, if they're not feeling well, they'll purr. There's something, and they've done research that they, there's a healing vibration that comes from purring. So when they sit on you, for example, um, and start purring, they're doing, they may be doing some healing work because I believe cats are amazing healers as well as teachers and guides. Yeah, the other, the other thing I, I like, I mean, I don't know if I guess most cats do it is this circling thing, like, like when she's even before we started, you know, and she got up here, and they circle and circle and circle, and then they go, clunk, Can they Gotta find find that right spot. Gotta find the right spot. And she absolutely found her spot. I mean, now she looks like a beautiful stone or something, you know? Yeah. 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 She's totally like a Buddha. Yeah. Well, she is a Buddha. Uh, be Reiki, be Buddha. She's a living example. The animals are. It's us humans who kind of mess things up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's for sure. Well, thank you so much, Migs and Penny. We are so honored for your time and presence, for sharing your your life and your hearts and your insights with us. I really appreciate you. being part of this podcast and I'm also grateful that Penny's people allowed this to go forward. And thank you. And thank you uh, for doing our podcast a while ago. That's It was uh, my, really your. my pleasure. Um, for those who don't know, Migs and his brother do a wonderful podcast called Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast. <laughs> so if you're interested, I really encourage you to tune on in. So enjoy this. We have a slushy day here in New England, but stay safe and stay snuggled up with that beautiful girl. And thank you, Penny, for your time. I know it's not always easy to get time with you, so I feel very grateful. <laughs>